0: Thursday, June 23rd,
1: 2022. This is your host, Mike Abadir, and you're listening to The Mike Abadir Show. Of course, you know that because you selected it. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. As always, glad to have you here. Get one hour a week with you every Thursday. Hope to bring it. And like to spice things up. If any of you are regular listeners, you know that it's a very guest-centric show. Very guest-driven Bring on guests of all types of backgrounds and sports and discussion matters, and sometimes a little more debate format. Sometimes it's more of a, you know, um, reporter, you know, beat writer type of individual. But sometimes every once in a while, I like to sprinkle in a uh, a solo show, um, just to kind of change up the pace a little bit. Um, obviously, the, the show has a very different pace depending on who's joining me. Last week, we had uh, Jamil Pop, Pop DiBiase, and he's got a, a certain type of feel. And then, of course, when uh, for years, Gino and I were uh, rolling together, and that had a very fast-paced feel because Gino is is just kind of like a like a lightning rod. He is a very fast-paced individual, talks fast, thinks fast. He's a little energizer bunny. I'm kind of, um, I'm more of the analytical thinker type. And so uh, I enjoy every once in a while sitting back, especially when it's maybe not the busiest news cycle. Maybe pick a topic or two and just kind of break it down, analyze it, digest the gist of what I'm, looking into or researching that type of thing so today i want to talk about a few things first of all who is the face of baseball today so i want to get into that the mlb power rankings i'm gonna give you who i think are the best teams in baseball right now doesn't necessarily mean the best record doesn't necessarily mean these are the teams that are going to go to the playoffs or win the world series but In my mind these are the teams that are rolling these are the teams that have uh, made their way into my top five top ten thus far uh, as we are starting to approach late june if i have time i'll maybe do a few moments uh recapping the nba finals we uh you know because our shows are on thursdays the nba finals hadn't ended last week when we had our show and uh, both Pop and I were on the Celtic side of things. But obviously the Warriors showed their mettle. They showed their tenacity, their toughness, their desire to win. They are champions. And they've proven it. And I think it's kind of cool that there were several years apart in winning these championships. And you could tell the emotion on some of these guys' faces, especially those who have been injured and had a long road back and to get to the pinnacle, to get to the mountaintop, it's pretty remarkable. So big props to clay and Curry and company, um, for dealing with, with some nasty injuries and being able to come back and not just get to the playoffs, not just get to the conference finals, not just to get to the finals, but to win it all. So, like I said, we have some time. We'll, we'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that in a little bit more detail. Let's start today with the uh, breaking news from Naira, the New York Racing Association. They have suspended superstar mega trainer Bob Baffert for one year. This is fresh, hot off the press news. One year for repeated medical or excuse me, medication violations. Uh for time served, I believe he will be eligible again kind of around the beginning of next year. January 26th is the date that I'm seeing here. Time served, meaning he was already suspended pending investigation. And so he got suspended back in January and today just affirms it after the investigation they've confirmed what they suspected and so since he's already served 5 months of, of being banned then he doesn't typically race horses in New York anyways but it was de- we definitely missed his presence in the Belmont and and the Triple Crown races overall where he is already suspended from Churchill of course so The big three races of the year, or at least of the first half of the year, he was absent. Now, Naira's president, Dave O'Rourke, and I quote here, he says, This was an impartial and deliberative process that has resulted in a lengthy suspension of the sport's most prominent trainer. However, this is not simply about Bob Baffert or any one individual, but about protecting the integrity of the sport here in New York. Today's decision advances that goal. I call bullshit on that. Now, the ban is shorter than Churchill Downs' two-year suspension. and That was for derby winner Medina Spirits positive test after the derby for something, by the way, that is legal in California. And what was administered was within the legal limits in California. It just isn't in Kentucky. Now, look, it's on him to to know the rules and regulations of each and every state. It's just just like you and I. If we if if any of us travel from California to Arizona to New Mexico to Colorado, it's on us to know the different rules. Ignorance is is not an excuse, right? Maybe certain rules, uh, as you engage in driving or um, drinking limits or or last call or. Or whatever, right? I mean, especially, though, if you are the world's biggest trainer and you're dealing with animals who can't tell you, yeah, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need any more. I'm all right, Doc. Hey, Bob, tell tell the vet he doesn't need to administer this last shot doesn't really work like that. So there's a a higher standard of care when it comes to our horses. Most definitely. Now, I I made a comment a few minutes ago, and I want to explain myself. When I said, I call bullshit, I'm going to repeat the quote from Dave O'Rourke. This was an impartial and deliberative process. This was simply not about Bob Baffert or any one individual. Give me a break, guys. There are trainers that have done significantly worse things within the boundaries of training, medical violations, etc., that have gotten a slap on the wrist or they've looked the other way. This was absolutely... About Bob Baffert. When he says this is not simply about Bob Bob Baffert. No, it is about Bob Baffert. 100%. Think of it this way. They've had a lot of pressure over the years from PETA. They being just horse racing in general as an industry. They've gotten a lot of pressure from PETA. From different animal rights groups. Um, from the betters complaining about cheating. There's a lot of pressure all the way around. Santa Anita a couple years ago had a massive amount of horses that were dying on the racetrack on race days or on training mornings. So the perception, the public perception got really bad. It's become really bad. What is the one way that you can make it seem like you've got a grasp, I guess, on the situation and that you're fixing it? Well, if you suspend a local trainer that nobody knows about, it doesn't make big headlines. But if you suspend Bob Baffert, now it becomes like right now, on the front cover of ESPN.com's website, right there in the top headlines. It'll be picked up by Fox News and CNN and uh, all the racing publications, of course, but discussed on Twitter and all the way around. All formats of media will carry that news because it is Bob Baffert, because he is the face of horse racing when it comes to training everybody knows him he's the white-haired or silver hair whatever i guess it is white hair the white-haired wizard from california so This was about Bob Baffert. Let's not confuse things in any way, shape, or form. Okay? That's all I'm going to say on it is I call BS. I am a big Bob Baffert fan. He probably does stretch the rules a little bit. Look, him and his buddy, Bill Belichick, and Belichick, Raven, they're all kind of same. similar ages, similar historical success, similar kind of got a chip on their shoulders, kind of angry, don't like the media, uh, have a quirky sense of humor, but are driven beyond normal levels it's what drives them to be the successes that each of those guys are and when you do that it's almost like you're so smart that you're always looking for how to get an edge in ways that nobody else even thinks of i mean some of the plays that the patriots have run or some of the the decisions uh, during the course of a game. Every once in a while, I'll watch a Patriots game and learn a new rule that he's exploiting. He being Bill Belichick. So look, I don't know anything about m- horse medications. I-, I know nothing about that. Maybe one of these days we'll bring a, a horse racing vet on. I do know one. He's very good, but Uh, And I don't know what kind of cocktails they administer to these horses and what they exactly do. I mean, I think generically probably makes them run faster, right? Or the result is running faster, meaning maybe there's something that helps with their breathing or bleeding or whatever. And once you're able to take in more oxygen you can run faster, or once you stop the bleeding, you could run at full speed, full strength, or whatever the case may be. Um, Horses are kind of, I don't want to say they're they're wimpy animals, because I don't want to disrespect horses at all, but for a very large animal, they're quite sensitive. I'm not talking emotionally, I'm talking physically. They're majestic and glorious, but at the same time, uh, they pick up viruses just like any human. They uh, break their legs, obviously, and have to get put down, which is the worst situation. I, I hate seeing that. Um, but the level of care that is required is really high for horses, and one, one slight mistake can uh, not just ruin a horse's career, but could potentially cost the horse their life. So it's a serious issue. Um, I'm not entirely a Baffert apologist. Um, I hope he maybe takes a different approach to things moving forward. But let's not confuse things. Bob Baffert is good for the game. And that is my final take on the Naira suspension that was handed down today. Moving on. Who is the face of baseball right now? When when you think of baseball, is there somebody that stands out like in the 80s, Magic and Bird, in the nineties, Michael Jordan. In the two thousands, Kobe Bryant. In the latter part of the two thousands, up till the latter two thousands, but like two thousand seven, let's say till today, LeBron James. Do we have that in baseball right now? I would say that baseball is really not a sport that has necessarily one face maybe since the time of Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio or excuse me, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And then maybe it became Mantle DiMaggio and Ted Williams. And then it became Hank Aaron and, and and Willie Mays and continued being Mickey Mantle. And then you get to the seventies with Pete Rose and Willie Stargell. And uh, I could go on and on and on, you know, eighties, you know, Canseco and, and McGuire and Roger Clemens, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. Right now, I would probably say Aaron Judge. Vlad Guerrero would, would make the list, but I think it hurts that he's in Canada. But I'd say Aaron Judge is definitely amongst the faces of baseball. And then in L.A., Shohei Ohtani and Mike Trout. Even though he's in New York, I wouldn't put Pete Alonso there quite yet. Or Acuna from Atlanta because of his injury situation. But I'd look towards the NL West with the Padres, and I think Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. Maybe maybe Machado doesn't quite make the tier. And re- Remember, guys, I'm not talking about who is the best player. I'm talking about who are the faces of baseball. So let's delve into that after we take a quick commercial timeout. And I'll break it down for you right after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, you shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Wanna play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, Racing's regular guy, is the perfect compliment to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com this is the mike abadier show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's one 866 472 or send an email to mike at the mike Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Faces of baseball.
1: Who is the face of baseball? Singular, right? I just finished telling you that I don't think there's one particular face, if you will, of baseball. I think it's many. I think there are several guys that make up holding the flag as the person that people most think about when they think about today's game. And like I said, it's not necessarily the best player. But who represents baseball? And the answer might be different, by the way, here in the States versus globally or at least in Asia, we know for darn sure Shohei Otani is the guy that's making all the headlines, especially in Japan. My goodness. I mean, what he did this week is nothing short of remarkable. And what I'm talking about is, I believe I believe it was back-to-back games, actually. I mean, that's just how ridiculous it is. So... I'm going to look it up just to be sure that I've got the dates right so you can look up these box scores. Uh, but, but I think it's Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. I'm going to verify that right now. Shohei Otani maybe had the best two-game stretch in baseball history. Definitely something that's not been matched. Now, unfortunately, in the, in the first of these games, which I did confirm was Tuesday, so if you want to look up that box score, it's Tuesday, June 21st. Shohei Otani went three for four with two home runs and eight RBI. Let me repeat that. Three for four, two home runs, and eight RBI. RBIs. I still like to pluralize it, even though it is RBI. Now, as you're listening, you're probably thinking, well, Mike, there's been other guys that have hit two home runs. And yeah, eight RBIs, a ton of RBIs, but it's not like it's never happened before. True. True. But what has never happened is what happened the very next day on Wednesday the 22nd. And by the way, what is not lost on me is in the first game with the eight RBI, the Angels lost. The Royals won that game 12 to 11. So, unfortunately, Trout and Shohei Otani are just Crying to be on a winning team, especially Trout, because he's been there so long. So what happened the next day on Wednesday, the 22nd. And by the way, Trout was out of the lineup. Just a regular maintenance day, scheduled day off. Shohei was on the bump. And if I'm showing you Otani, I'm thinking, man, I carried this team yesterday. I drove in eight runners, and we still lost. All right, I'm going to have to outdo myself today. So on the mound, he fired a two-hitter, eight innings, two hits, only issued one walk, and he struck out 13 batters, gave up zero runs. So on one day, he hits two home runs, eight RBIs, On the very next day, strikes out 13 batters, doesn't give up any runs, and the Angels shut out the Royals 5-0. I mean, talk about taking matters into your own hands and practically single-handedly beating another ball club. And, oh, by the way, just for shits and giggles, he went one for three with two walks. So he got on base three times in a game. Where he struck out thirteen batters and gave up zero runs in an Angels five to zero shutout. Pretty good face of baseball, if you ask me. Beyond just in uh, in the uh, Asian continent, he's a really humble guy, good looking guy. It seems like he's got a great personality. Hopefully he'll be able to pick up uh, some English so that he could entertain the masses with what he's saying in English because it seems like a lot of what he says in Japanese is uh, very well received. Even though there's a translator, things do get lost in translation. Um, I'd love to be able to hear directly from him, uh, hopefully during his tenure in the United States. Maybe he could charm us a little bit more with that. But he's definitely doing his part with the bat. He's definitely doing his part with the glove. On the bases. He steals a lot of bases. He's a big dude. and He swipes a lot of bags. So to me, I'm very comfortable saying that he is the face of baseball. But like I finished telling you, there are several faces of baseball. If Shohei had that mantle, I would be okay with it. So let's move on to the next guy. How about Aaron Judge? The year he's having right now is a monstrous season. Now, I love people that bet on themselves. And the Yankees... We're looking to, you know, lock him down, multi-year deal, make sure Judge is always a Yankee. Aaron Judge looked at the dollar amounts and basically was like, you know what, I'm going to kill it, I'm going to be MVP this year, I'm going to put up massive numbers, and you guys are going to pay me more. So he leads the world in home runs, He's got 27. The next guys are and Jordan, Alvarez at 21. Pete Alonso, fellow New Yorker at 20. So there's only four guys that have hit 20 home runs. And that's between the American League and National League, both, by the way. So there are four that have 20. Three of them are 21 or 20. And then he's sitting by himself at 27. So he's got a pretty big lead already in the home run category. He's more than halfway to 100 RBI. He's got 52. He's even added on five stolen bases. Look at the big guy go. Six foot eight. Swiping bags. There's another tall guy swiping bags, too. And I'll tell you about him in a few minutes. He might be the future face of baseball. But maybe more most impressively is that Aaron Judge leads the league in runs, which means that he's getting on base a lot. And when you look at the numbers, he absolutely is. He's drawing walks. But he's batting three oh two. I mean, he... You can't get more productive than that, right? To be a 300 hitter and lead the league in home runs, lead lead the majors in home runs, swiping bags, driving in runners, leading the league in runs. At this point, he is, it's him and Shohei Otani for MVP, for sure. At this point, right now. Now, I know Pete Alonso has something to say about that and Jordan Alvarez and Mike Trout was always a top three guy and Mookie will find his way to the top tier as well, I'm sure. But for right now, Aaron Judge is doing his part. We'll move on to the next guy. Unfortunately, the next guy hasn't seen the playing field this year. And of course, I'm talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. I was a big fan of his pops, by the way. I always had him on my fantasy teams. His claim to fame was he had two grand slams in one inning. I had him on my fantasy team when he did that. So uh, I fell in love with him then (laughs) and I've been a fan of him since, of course. Anytime somebody helps you kind of on a personal level uh, in, in that type of way, you're like, I like him. But we're talking about Junior right now. And the the main concern I have about Junior is this. And I'm not even going to say necessarily that he's injury prone. Because I don't know quite yet. It seems like he's got some bad luck with injuries so far. If he gets hurt again, then I'll probably label him injury prone but I'll, I'll, I'll give him one more opportunity to stay healthy for a period of time. The thing yeah. I don't like about it is this, though. So the guy's hurt, but a few weeks ago, he was on the field playing soccer with, with the guys. He was having a blast. I don't know if it's the best look necessarily, I mean, it looked like he was running full speed and everything. I I know his injuries with the wrist. But what happens if he falls? I mean, in soccer, you, you do fall. It's part of the game. And I know they're not going for, like, hardcore slide tackling and stuff. But nonetheless, to me, it's not worth the risk. If I were him and I've been injured this many times, I'm at least not from a public perception perspective publicly going out and playing other sports on camera. I'd be doing everything possible to rehab and heal up and not expose myself to any potential injuries. Even sometimes like if somebody, whether in basketball or, or soccer, Maybe if, if uh, anybody that's played sports has had a ball kind of go off their fingertips or maybe bend the wrist backwards. I don't know. There's just so many possibilities besides tripping and falling and having to brace yourself with your wrist or a ball situation or bumping into somebody and they bump into your injured wrist or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But... I digress. I'm talking about the faces of baseball. I definitely think that he's a guy that has the personality, the flair, the excitement. He does it all on the playing field. Power, average, love, speed, excitement. He's definitely one of those guys that if he's healthy... He's going to be in the MVP conversation because he does so much to propel his team. Now, the guy that's picked up the slack that I think could be a face of baseball but probably doesn't quite make the cut from a popularity or marketing perspective is Manny Machado. But Machado is really good. I mean, keep in mind, guys, he's been in the league for a long time. He's been in the league a really long time. He's only 29 years old, and he had seven full seasons with the Orioles, well, six full and one one partial. Seven years on the Orioles. You almost forget that he had a season, also a, par- a partial season, with the Dodgers when he got traded. And then this is his fourth year with the Padres. So parts of seven seasons with Baltimore, part of a season with the Dodgers, four seasons now with the Padres, and he's only 29. It's unbelievable. This guy could easily have 10 more years. He's already, by the way, at 263 lifetime home runs. And for a man with that much power to bat 282 career, that's what's up. His war numbers every single year are right up there. And this year, without Tatis, my goodness. 328 batting average, driving in a bunch of runs. For much of the first half so far, the Padres' offense has been anemic, and he's done everything in his power to carry that team offensively. He's been a machine. Moving on. Show his teammate, Mike Trout. Here's the thing. I could spend the next half an hour going over his achievements and accolades. But that would be boring. Because there's so many. This many all-stars, this many MVPs, this many second-place MVPs, led the league in this led the league and that i could go on and on like i said that'd be a little bit boring unfortunately mike Trout himself is a little bit boring and i don't know why if somebody asked me why i i couldn't quite tell you now he as well has been in the league for a long time i believe this is year number either 12 or 13 in the league and he's 30 years old. I don't even know how that's possible. When he came up and he's 18, my goodness. He started in 2011. We're now in 2022. He's got 330, 331 lifetime home runs, by the way. I think he's probably a shoe in for 500, don't you think? doesn't get hurt, which he has been lately, but if he... Stays healthy. Now, he is well, in terms of batting average, 304. If you can't tell, I love power hitters that hit for a high average. He's a very likable guy. Like I said, he's a little boring. I can't pinpoint exactly why. I can't describe exactly why. Because on the field, everything that he does is dynamic. And he plays a really good outfield. probably one of the better center fielders in the league from a glove perspective, not necessarily throwing, although I'm not going to slight his throwing, but he's able to get to get to the ball anywhere in the outfield. He, he man's a really good center field. Let's take a quick commercial timeout and we'll talk about some of the knocks on clean-cut, wholesome Mike Trout. Stay with us, everyone. We will be back right after this.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you become a member yet? streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at one 472 5788 That's one 866 472 or send an email to Mike at the com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abbadier Show,
1: we'll continue with the faces of baseball in a moment here. Just going to look at social media for some uh, feedback and uh, gauge the pulse on this Baffert story that I uh, let off the show with really fast, and then we'll get back to baseball. Uh, I'm going to read some quick comments from uh, the fans. Uh, Southeast says, and this is on Twitter, his handle is Brennan55. It goes by the nickname Southeast. Don't let the toll booth hit Bob in the butt on his way out. BJ Nash says, get back to me when he gets the lifetime ban from the sport. Freddie Richards says, rats witch hunt and Ted McKinnis says this is totally ridiculous interest of horses well-being all the therapeutic medicines and rubs horses get guests should be banned also big run on sentence by the way I should have uh, read it first but he says the horses in these stables get better care than people do for their own children what a shame for trainers I think he makes a good point these are these horses are worth hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars. Believe you me, they're getting great care. Now, are they pushing these horses to dangerous limits? Maybe. But in terms of the care that they are getting, man, oh man. Yeah. They're they're very very well-treated animals, believe me. So, uh and th- they feed them well. They treat them well, they shower them well, groom them well, you name it. And you know the expression, eats like a horse, right? By the way, speaking of eating, in the bizarre news story of the day, Jupiter, the planet, (laughs) apparently eats other planets. No joke, scientists say that there are remains of other planets inside Jupiter. Now, how the F they know that, I have no idea. So that's the random, bizarre news story of the day. Jupiter eats like a horse. Well, eats like a planet, I guess. It eats planets. Maybe that should be the new expression. Man, that guy eats like a planet. Okay, anyways. Enough being corny. Back to Mike Trout. So the, is- the main issue with Trout is this. And I don't want to belabor the point. But he's only been to one postseason. That was in 2014. I believe they got swept. Yeah, they lost in three. And he didn't even make a mark in in uh, in that postseason. He, he batted .083. But would definitely love to see him get another shot. Him and Shohei. If they could get another shot at this, I think they will rise to the occasion let's not forget barry bonds during his years with the pittsburgh pirates he didn't have a very good turnout in the postseason at all but he went to the postseason many years several years in a row he was mvp he got them there they won divisions they are one of the best teams in baseball Unfortunately, they went up against the Atlanta Braves during their dynasty. And then, of course, Barry got to the World Series again with the Giants. Unfortunately, lost to the Angels. Many pinpoint Dusty Baker's removal of uh, the pitcher, Russ Ortiz, uh, as the... Um, Cause of losing game six, which, which could have been, it should have been a closeout game in a cocky maneuver. By the way, if you guys remember Ortiz asked for the game ball when he got came out of the game and it was almost like a, like a slight to the angels as if like that's the world series winning game ball. They saw that. That was around the time of the rally monkey. And the Angels rallied to win that game, that game six. And then, of course, we we all know that they won game seven. But winning postseasons is is only a part of the equation. But Trout isn't even getting to the postseason. And it's not his fault. He's done everything that he could do. It's a team sport. It's an unfair criticism. He's not the GM. He's not putting together the team. He's doing his part to elevate his team. Like I said, he's been the MVP on a team that's been mediocre. Multi-MVP on a team that's a perennial mediocre team. Since his arrival. And it isn't for the lack of shelling out money. Artie Moreno and the Angels, they've spent a lot of money. They've doled it out. They've brought in so many free agents over the years. Going back to the Josh Hamiltons, and they've tried it with pitchers and hitters and and Rendon, and it seems like nothing seems to work out. injury They've been plagued by injuries, of course. Um, and they even got the best player in the world, and Albert Pujols, paid him money. Big money, Ten year deal. They've had two of the best managers in the game, and Mike Sosha and Joe Madden. I mean, the angels have tried. let's let, let's give them at least that much credit. And then they went out and landed the premier. free agent from Japan in Shohei Otani. So if you look over the years, the Angels have really, really tried. But most of their moves haven't materialized into a good ROI for the Angels. They have not got a good return on their investment. I mean, they had some decent years from Pujols, but he definitely wasn't the Pujols of St. Louis. A lot of the free agents have been absolute busts. I don't even know if Rendon has uh, even played a third of a season once even since he's been there. If he has, he sure didn't make his mark. That's for darn sure. So, I've laid it out. Who is the face of baseball then? Who is the guy? Honorable mention, by the way, should go to Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, is it me or was he kind of bigger in Boston Maybe, even though he's, he won a World Series there, he won a World Series here in L.A. MVP contender there, MVP contender here. But he's not really talked about as the face of baseball that much anymore, but he was when he was with the Red Sox. Now, I know Boston, crazy about their baseball, East Coast bias, so on and so forth. But maybe I don't know. Is it has the intrigue about Mookie Betts dropped off slightly? I'm not sure. That's just the feeling that I have. How about in Minnesota, Byron Buxton, the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, Bryce Harper was pegged. As the guy that was going to be the face of baseball. Remember that? And he's been raking ever since then. But for some reason, even though he's in Philadelphia, and it's a big Phillies town, I think it kind of hurt him that the year he left the Nationals, they won the World Series. And Juan Soto, like, perfectly got handed the baton and carried it, took them to the World Series title. And he's a great hitter on a, on a terrible team right now. And then Harper goes to Philly, and they really haven't done much. So that's kind of why he's faded in the background a little bit. I love Byron Buxton. He's one of those guys, if he could stay healthy. Vlad Guerrero. Vlad, I love Vlad Guerrero. He is a remarkable hitter. He is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. But he plays north of the border in Canada. I don't know if we'll ever anoint somebody from Canada as the face of baseball. It'd almost be un-American, wouldn't it? I don't know. But I think he's worthy. I like him. Notice something, by the way. None of these guys are pitchers. Well, let me take that back. Shohei Otani is a pitcher, and he is a hitter. But overall, we never talk about pitchers as being the face of baseball. Who would it be as a pitcher anyways, though? Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, although he's not having a very good season this year. Jacob deGrom. For a while there, Thor was up there, Syndergaard. There's a lot of really good young pitchers, by the way. I'll tell you who's taken New York by storm is Nestor Cortez. Joe Musgrave down in San Diego. Tony Gonsolin up the I-5 in L.A. A lot, lot of good young pitchers. Sandy Alcantara in Miami. Shane McClanahan in Tampa. But, but none of these guys resonate with the general public, keep in mind. Verlander, maybe because of his wife, Kate Upton, but for the most part, these these guys don't have like national, you know, commercial type branding, like maybe some of the other guys I mentioned. Obviously, in American sports, the king of the commercial branding, to me, has been Peyton Manning. I think him and his brother Eli have done a remarkable job. Being spokesman for the NFL. They landed a lot of commercials. They've done SNL. They're actually kind of funny. Corporate brands seem to love aligning themselves with Peyton. We don't really have that in baseball, though. We don't really have that guy. Although I think Aaron Judge could be that guy. Now, part of it, by the way, and this doesn't get talked about very much, is that the baseball season is so long. And then you wrap up in October, and then you start spring training in February, late February. That gives you December, January, uh, November, December, January, three months. I think a lot of it has to do with because the season's so long, a lot of these guys um, cherish every moment of their vacation time, of their offseason, that they don't engage in a lot of commercials. I think that is is a big part of it in terms of branding nationally. But I'll tell you this much in closing here. Baseball players are more athletic than ever before. They are better than ever before. They have a better eye. They have a better glove. They're bigger, stronger, faster than ever. And I did mention a tall guy that I was going to get to, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap on this note. O'Neal Cruz, Pittsburgh Pirates. If you guys haven't checked him out, you got to watch this guy. He has done something amazing in only a few games. He's hit the ball the hardest. 108 or 110 miles off his bat. That's the hardest hit ball this year. He's run the fastest. Clocked at 30 miles an hour. And the guy is like 6'7 as a shortstop. Unbelievable. Unbelievable athlete. He was named, by the way, after Paul O'Neill, O'Neill Cruz. Check him out, folks. Anyways, that is all the time we've got for this week's show. I thank you for joining us. Next week, we'll have Pop Tibiasi. We'll get into some debates. I'll make fun of his Dodgers. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy
0: your sports weekend, everyone.